All right, so uh, this is uh, Kevin Bauman, and this is Mark Dustin, and we are uh, working now here on our podcast called... What's our podcast called? It's called Help Is Not On The Way. Help it's ep- Episode two, maybe? Ep- episode two-ish. Right. The first one may have been thrown away. This could be number one. <laughs> this could number be number two. one. <laughs> and this podcast is really just about things we've come across and interesting stories, et cetera, that involve human beings and maybe even other creatures at some point that uh, run into trouble, some sort of, and don't really have any way but their, to get out of it but their own their own self, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Reliance. Uh, volition. Yeah. Their own, whatever they can come up with to make it. And, and today, uh, we have <laughs> and today, two news stories. That's right. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be doing Olive Oatman. What's it going to be? Olive Oatman. Olive Oatman, it's a person. It's a person. She was a woman, uh, a, a Brewsterite Mormon mm. from Illinois. And Brewsterite Mormons is kind of, I'd, I'd never heard of that. But I guess in, in many religions, you find uh, that a group will... F- you know, kind of splinter off yeah. of the main religion because somebody professes to be a prophet and has somebody it, believes them and they decide to follow that person. So they, they somebody were, has, somebody has eyes on the, on, you know, their own, their own sort of elevation and sees, doesn't see a pathway for, I wish you do that work. Right. Uh, you just be like sitting at your desk and go, you know, I'm just going to get a little coalition right. and we're going to go, you know, start our own department. That's right. <laughs> I, I know the real truth. The other people know the not real truth. So they were uh, they were going from Illinois, this family, the Oatmans, uh, to California, which mm. was supposedly the real promised land for Mormons, right. not Utah. You're right, right, because Utah was already sort of wherever co-op. people were thinking. So they they broke off from the the um, the uh, the main, you know. Um, Mormon, their core, like right, the center of Mormons, and yeah. uh, headed off to California. There was approximately eighty-five or ninety people. God. The Oatmans. I, I can't get eighty-five or ninety people. To, I can't get like six people to do anything. I can't get like I couldn't like putting together like get six people to go do something together. And it doesn't. Um, but but you're not a prophet. Like just to go, you <laughs> know, to a the prophet beach. though, Mark. It's true. We don't follow you. I think that's why. There's no, yeah, that's how. I guess that's how you know you're a prophet. Right. People, Everybody follows you to the beach. You decide you're going somewhere, and everyone just sort of shows follows, up. Right. They don't like call and go. I'm going to be late, and my kid is sick. And and um, they weren't able to do mass texts. So true. You know, this was. I mean, if if it was modern day, he'd probably have like a hundred times as many followers. That's true. Yeah, because yeah, he'd yeah. be on social media, be a you know Instagram influencer, and you could do like a, like one of those like flash mob things, and you find out you're that the the person who organized it's a prophet, and now you're part of a religious. Sect. That's right. <laughs> you didn't you, you, <laughs> you didn't, didn't expect. No, but it's in Cal. If you've traveled across state lines, you're right. You're, it's quite a you know quite an endeavor. And then the Oatman family alone was. I believe nine people at the time. Oh. Seven kids and the parents, Royce and Marianne, were the were the parents. And Olive, the you know the main the main uh, subject of this story, uh, was one of the seven children. Mm-hmm. They uh, they headed um, to Missouri, where they that's kind of where this real the 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 Brewsterites really took off from to head 
head west. Uh, they were from Illinois, but uh, they got to um, uh, New Mexico, mm-hmm. and in New Mexico, they had some kinds of you know disagreements about you know where to go and how to travel because they were told that the territory they were heading through, which is now modern day Arizona. Mm-hmm was really dangerous. It's very dry. Mm. You know, it's it's the Mojave. It's still desert. pretty dangerous if you and, think about it. And uh, also the Native Americans were not friendly right. to white people. Right. That right. was that was the rumor anyway. So everybody decided to stay uh, except for the Oatmans. So they wanted to press on. Yeah. Sort of like a little little like Donner right. party kind now of. Now I yeah. should mention they had already had a split before that as well. In uh, Santa Fe, uh-huh. in which the um, Royce Oatman became the leader. Yeah. And he was leading a party uh, south. And and then once they got to uh, Maricopa Wells, mm-hmm. that's where then it split again. Mm. And Royce Oatman took his family and they decided to press on. Yeah. And uh, now, I, 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 I just, it makes me think, so... I don't. I, I'm not really like the kind of person who joins anything, but if you've joined, like you believe enough that this person is a prophet, because you're believe, you know, whatever, and you and you you pick up your family and you throw them in a wagon or whatever, and you dr- start dragging them across the country. Like, how do you quantify? Like, you 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 must at a certain point just sort of realize like everything I believed in is ups is wrong. Yeah. I wondered about the same thing. And I, I also wonder sometimes is, is that, you know, does this person really truly believe yeah. that this person is a prophet? Right. Is this an opportunity? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think I see that all the time with, uh, modern day religious leaders, politicians. Yeah. I mean, do people really truly believe that? Sure. God chose, you know, the, their Roy. politician to yeah. lead yeah. the country or whatever. Right. Yeah. Did uh, did he truly believe this? Did anybody truly? I don't know. I mean, it sure seems like it was pretty easy to um, travel a relatively short distance, a small part mm-hmm. of the overall trip and then just go, yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in this profit we'll anymore. I'm taking I'm taking half the group and we're we're taking a different route. Sure. Yeah. Almost uh, we're just we you know, like there's a apparently I, I, it's kind of like the way you're praying you the way you're framing it kind of is like like uh when you when a race car's draft another car. Right. Like sit behind in their in their in, in, and so they don't have to, you know, whatever whatever cut the wind in front of them and they sit in their in their wind draft and you're like, Well, I don't I don't really wanna go where this guy's going exactly, but it's really helpful right. that he's making it easy for me to get I'm just gonna jump on the wagon train and I'll get off wherever yeah. I stop believing. That's uh, that's what I wondered. I don't. It's it's hard to know, you know, whether they truly felt he was a prophet or if it was just an right. opportunity. This is had he had bus right. tickets to that's to, right. to California. <laughs> he was giving out bus tickets. Maybe it was just a matter of convenience. Here's a whole group of people that are going to California. Yeah. And, you know, I heard the uh, the swells were good in California. We're gonna go do sure. some surfing. Yeah, we're gonna break the, like, <laughs> like tear these wagons apart when we get that's there right. and. <laughs> turn them into surfboards right that's right i know so they uh they they did they headed you know they pressed on it didn't turn out good for the family 
they were approached by a group of Native Americans at uh, a west of what is now uh, Yuma, Arizona. Mm. Wait, uh, did, what, what did you did you just mention what year ish this was? Oh yes, they they took off in 1851. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so and uh, uh, oh, um, Olive Oatman, you know, was. A young, she was a teenager at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the children ranged from one to seventeen, mm. and uh, Marianne was also pregnant with an eighth child. Jeez, now eighth child, eighth child. Yeah, they're Mormons. I mean, you, I think they have you, a lot of kids. I would, I wouldn't get an airplane. You can't even get an airplane after what, like seven months pregnant right. or something like that. And they're traveling across the country in a, On a bumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not fun. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't they, get in a car. And drive somewhere. They must have, you know, they must have, whether, whether they thought, um, uh, you know, Brewster was the prophet or not, yeah. or a prophet, they obviously must have thought that this was something they needed to do. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. Why, why go through all this trouble? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were approached by this this uh, group of Native Americans who wanted food and tobacco. Mm. And the Oatmans were running low on supplies so they were a little stingy mm-hmm. you know to be expected so whatever whatever the case was it turned into an attack uh, uh so, so the story goes um it's hard to know the truth obviously at this point but uh everyone was killed except for three of the children that's olive uh mm-hmm. her younger sister marianne yeah and her brother lorenzo Lorenzo, they they left for dead. They thought he was dead. Yeah, he was unconscious. They took Marianne and Olive mm-hmm. uh, and enslaved them. Uh-huh. Made them walk um, to you know right. their territory. Uh, Lorenzo woke up later and found uh, that you know everyone was dead, but two were missing. Yeah, so he walked uh, until he found help. Uh, uh, and tried to, uh, you know, get the government to help him search for his siblings. Yeah, Marianne and Olive walked, uh, you know, and almost died of dehydration. Mm-hmm. They made it. They became enslaved by what she called uh, Apache, but they think that it was not Apache. They mm. they think now that it was probably, uh, most likely Western Yavapai. Interesting. You know, I read a book, uh, I don't know if you've ever read this book called Empire of the Summer Moon, and they talk a lot about, they go really deep into, the uh, the woman who wrote it goes really deep into um, na- the, the sort of what would happen when Native Americans raided and, and kidnapped uh, white people. And it's all over the map. I mean, it, it could be pretty brutal, it could be horrible sometimes people would be totally integrated into their communities. All sorts of different things would happen. Um, uh, and it's interesting because they would, that the same thing would happen apparently between tribes, the same. So you just sort of, you know, um, it, it's just really fascinating the way the insight into what they're actually sort of were trying to do. They weren't really necessarily, I mean, sometimes it was just crushingly brutal. Other times it was like, oh, come on in. And, right. you know, hey, you seem nice and get married and we'll make believe this. You just were always here. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. And well, and that's it. That's what's interesting about this because uh, they lived for one year with this, this, this uh, tribe, mm. the Western Yavapai. 
they were uh, they traded with another group of Native Americans, however, which uh, were the Mojave, mm. uh, and spelled M O H A V E, not as in the Mojave J. Desert. Maybe it's the same, oh. just different spelling. Mm. I'm not sure. But uh, this other tribe, uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, members of the tribe, noticed these two women oh. who were treated badly. And we're obviously not Native American. They're you right. know, white women. Uh, and she worked uh, to try and get them to join the, the Mojave. Oh. Uh, the Yavapai didn't want to give them up, though. Uh, right. You know, they like their slaves. They do a lot of work yeah, for them and yeah, get to treat sure. them badly. But uh, they eventually, she, she persisted and eventually got them, um, the... Yavapai to trade them for horses oh. and vegetables and some other things. That's interesting. Uh, and they, they again had to walk yeah. all the way to uh, this this new uh, region. But once they were there, they were immediately uh, or you know relatively quickly taken in by one of the tribal leaders' families uh-huh. and uh, raised by them. Oh, and. They were apparently treated well, mm-hmm. and they, in fact, were not forced to uh, work. They were given land and seeds to farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it sounded like, you know, from the story that uh, just what you were mentioning, that the original tribe was pretty brutal. Right. And this new tribe was, you know, very caring. And, yeah. And, uh, and it's interesting that it was just a trade. Yeah, you know, it's almost like I mean, it's 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 dehumanizing clearly, but um, it's also seen as well. You have a horse, and right, you got some vegetables, and I have a couple of people right over here, right. you know, and they they're not part of our clan, and they're not really doing that much for us. We we we're being awful to them, sure. Um, so maybe those horses would be better. And you're there. The other side's thinking like it's weird. The the men, the, the the mindset of the other tribe thinking. We're not going to work them to death, so they're not really. We're trading for just life, right? In a, it's a different. The horses can do work too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, we still have that. You know, obviously, there's still dowries and things like that. I mean, that's kind of a trade, right? Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I get, I get your daughter. I yeah. give you a bunch of money or a bunch, a bunch of, of things or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, exactly what it is. They. Awfully put, but yes, it's true. They uh, they they lived in uh, you know with this with this tribe for a while, but then uh, there the there was a um, a drought mm-hmm. that uh, ended up killing much of the tribe and Marianne. She also died of starvation. Okay, yeah. Now Olive survived though, and she claimed that was because uh, one of the tribal leader's daughters, or or the wife, I believe it was of one of the tribal leaders, uh, was secretly feeding her. Oh. And so she survived. They, yeah. they treated her as, as their own daughter. Now, eventually, um, it was found out that this tribe had a white woman. And, you uh-huh. know, that's yeah, looked they're down trading upon and, by yeah. the white Americans. And uh, it was actually another, another tribe who had found out. They sent somebody over to kind of say, hey, uh, this is not going to go down good for any of us. You need to uh-huh. send her back. Yeah. And they didn't want to. And they tried to disguise her. They made her put mud all over her. And, wow. And by this time, she had she- actually been tattooed with the Native uh, American tattoo. Yeah. Which was 
uh, on her, uh, some on her face, on her chest and, uh, her arms. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, at one point people claimed, and she even claimed in a book that it was markings to mark her so that if she escaped, they could find her. Ooh. But what everybody, uh, who is kind of an expert in this and what she has said in other parts of her, her memoir, uh-huh. uh, is that this is what the women in, who were integrated in the tribe, you know, the members of the tribe, this is what they got. Were these tattoos not slaves? It's interesting because it's interesting because, you know, in, in the book I was referencing earlier and, and, and other things I've read, you see, you know, it's very difficult. And you kind of mentioned this before, cause there's, there's some, there's some gray area because you see that, um, you often see that, um, you, you know, you know, there's a narrative that's told by the white press and the white and, and it's it's obviously racist. They don't want the some of it's sensationalism. So other things are like they don't want other people out there in the world reading that this this went OK for me. You right. know, what I mean, I mean, obviously it was this was extremely difficult, but there were other times where they would have somebody come back who was white, who was brought back into white civilization from a Native American culture that they had often been kidnapped into and some fled into. And they would say, uh, you know, this was okay. Like, I was okay. I actually didn't want to leave. I mean, once I got there and got inundated, I mean, you know, sort of like, you know, accepted and everything, I I really liked being there. I was happy to be there. But the white press couldn't allow that to permeate throughout, you know, the colonies because people would be like, well, maybe they're not all that bad, you know? Right. And I mean, you you know, we we have that to this day where it's – we. The way the way you you get people to kind of join together uh, mm-hmm. uh, as a coalition is to create an enemy. Oh yeah, and fear. Yeah, and, absolutely yeah, fear. Yeah. Yeah. The worst thing you ever want to do is go over and talk to one of those guys. Those right. guys are gonna do the. Oh, you're 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 gonna brain's gonna you're gonna brain's gonna be mash after you do that. That's well, right. I don't want to do that. And and obviously this original uh, tribe, you know that that attacked them or that they fought with anyway that that killed most of the members of their party was you know not friendly or right. turned out to not be friendly but they're not all the same right exactly they're not all the same like any other group of people and they're... so i can imagine back back in this time with you know um the 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 forms of communication and this whole idea that uh you know they were um they had come over here to kind of conquer new lands. Oh yeah, and moving uh, more and more into the territories. Yeah, so uh, you know, there's, I think one yeah, of the if someone one of the comes s- over to your house, like if your neighbor starts to sort of like moving stuff into your yard slowly, right? Okay, we're not. I mean, at a certain point, you might maybe you pull, maybe eventually after a while, you you know, you you take a sledgehammer out. And that's right. Like, goes through the front of the car. That's been well, and on if your you're lawn. the neighbor who's taking over your other neighbor's property. The way you get the other neighbors in the neighborhood to join you is to say bad things about right. the, I that. I really want the garden of my neighbor. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of went over there and killed their kid, and now I'm going to be in, you know, deep shit. So <laughs> I'm going to just tell them that the neighbor's kid was, um, you know, a pedophile it or something. It was awful. Right? Yeah. yeah he was and they're selling drugs people. in the neighborhood, yeah, heroin. They, yeah. they want all of us. They want all of us to, they want all our land. That's, that's right. They want. 
We don't want their land. That's right. They want our land. Right. They want us out of here. You yeah. know, and they've been talking about us. And right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when they talk about me climbing over the fence and invading, that's fake news. I was protecting that's right. myself. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they, and you know, so this uh, this kind of um, it was found out that there was an uh, you know white white women with this tribe, and and I think it sounds like. Perhaps the way they were discovered were there were surveyors for the railroad uh-huh. who had seen the women, uh, but they never expressed any desire to leave. Uh. They didn't um, say that they were held captive right. or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually, obviously, uh, as I mentioned, Marianne died. Olive survives. Uh, they do a lot of negotiation between the, that that uh, member of the other tribe who's trying to get them to give mm. her up. Well, uh, the other thing that comes comes to mind is that you know at this point this woman has been here now maybe for a couple of years. Yes, four she's, years. She's it, been with this other tribe for four years, and the previous one for a year. So oh, she's so been fa- five years out, out of American society. And so, it, and she was well, how old was she when it started? Like Seventeen. This one, the, she all, was all of, at the time. I believe she was fourteen. Okay, so she can barely remember anything before this. Not much. Her whole family's gone. Right. What she going back to? You and know, she to doesn't her. know that Lorenzo survived. She doesn't know about Lorenzo. No. Oh. So she feels at this point that there is no family. Right. And she's got a new family. Yeah, she's got and a new family. And it's working out. Yeah. You know, how she got here wouldn't have been her choice, but, right. you know. And so she, uh, they eventually convince her, or she, they convince the tribe that she needs to go back. The tribe says, well we should get something out of this. So they decide that she's going to go back and they're going to ask for some things Mm -hmm. from uh, the Americans. So the, the daughter, uh, Topeka, I believe was the daughter's name of the tribal leader. She travels with Olive and it takes them 20 days Mm -hmm. to get to, uh, you know, this, uh, fort. And they trade for some horses and blankets and things like that. And she joins, she joins American life at that point. Uh, and uh, like, 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 uh, like modern America, new modern American, American life. life yeah, right. Yeah, the, and, uh, the, and the, the, the encroaching American life, but it's very hard. I mean, she's got these tattoos that, yeah. you know, mark her as so she is at this point, the, the only American white woman to, be known to have a native American tattoo. Oh, wow. So she's really marked. And this is also super cool in where she, come, where, where she's been, but right. it's not so cool where she just showed up. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, there's, there's, you know, she meets up with her brother. Uh, she meets up with, uh, another best friend of hers from, you know, back when she was a kid, apparently. And, what her best friend tells people and, you know, kind of in interviews and whatnot mm. is a little different than what the press says and what even Olive says oftentimes. She's now making money with her memoir, right. speaking. Mm. There's movies and books and poetry and all sorts of things that are written that are inspired in this. And there's a lot of drama dramatic flair added and little dramatic you know <laughs> yeah, uh, a yeah. little license taken Change the name with this so and... what is true and what's not is kind of hard to uh, ascertain at this time but uh uh olive is never really happy again mm. and uh she uh seems depressed well, she claims she's going back to a place 
where nothing is she's no longer familiar with and mm-hmm. no one that she was in that other than her brother right. and her friend but nobody that she spent her life in that place growing up is alive the formative you know? years you know the, i mean her teen years and the people that she yeah the people that she became an adult with are not there so she's going back to kind of an emptiness um, coming from, and yeah, I mean, I can imagine entirely that that would have been depressing and terrible. And you know, the, the press, I mean, it, it, they say with, within a month, mm-hmm. she's kind of, she's kind of, uh, almost a star, but it's maybe more of an oddity. It's a, uh, yeah. Sideshow attraction. Yeah. Kind of she's thing. An, obs- an obsession the of the press and mm-hmm. the, then the American public, mm-hmm. everybody wants to know about her. Uh, she calls the Native Americans savages, but she also says that they never abused her. Mm-hmm. And she claims that there was no, um, you know, she wasn't raped. She wasn't sure. sexually abused and none of these things. Uh, she also claims she never, you know, she wasn't sexually active with any Native American. But her, her best friend says mm. that she married one and had two children, oh, wow. which could explain her depression. Yo, but she, But she denies it. That mm. she ever was married or had children, but that would also would that also have been to protect the children? Yeah, that's potentially. A, that's a potentially you right. know true, and 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 I imagine in this day and age that you know now that she's not with the Native Americans anymore, yeah. and she now has to try and live in American society, uh-huh. which kind of demonizes the Native Americans. She can't really say, "Oh yeah." Uh, that's right. I was, you know, I was married to a Native American and we had kids together. Absolutely. And uh, so she's protecting a lot. Worse. Yeah. She's protecting herself because she's already being, she's already a sideshow attraction. Mm-hmm. And she, and, and, and at least it's somewhat positive, possibly. Like people sure. are like, oh, well, look at her. This is yeah. what happened to her. But if she was actually to have gone along with all of right. this, there's a whole different view from the from the peanut gallery, right? And right. Of who she is and her moral fortitude and all that. Right. And then potentially, for all she knows, if the people who came to get her find out there are two children out there that are part white, maybe they'll try to go drag them out too. And she knows from her experience, this isn't such a great, you know, way yeah, that to, doesn't way that doesn't. She probably knows what you know. I would imagine most people know what's going on with Native Americans, though they they still probably demonize them. And you know the reason they're being wiped out is because they're savages. And yeah, they deserve it. Right. But right, uh, if you have you know a an attachment. You're you have um, you know your offspring. Yeah, are part of that. You certainly would not want them to be, uh, you know, that tribe to be uh, suffering repercussions. True going after them more right. they've already had like her pulled out but also it sort of paints her as quite a survivor because she's survived the she survived the um the first ordeal mm-hmm. she survived or the the attack she survived the first year with the tribe that was brutal she's the only one who did she goes to another tribe she beca- she adapts and survives and now she's back with in sort of caucasian culture and she's finding ways to survive by protecting everything that happened before. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and really you know, it's amazing. Uh, Lorenzo, her brother, had tried to get the government, the federal government, to come and, you know, join him in a search. Mm-hmm. He, he was determined to find his siblings. Uh, it doesn't sound like the government was so interested. Yeah. So... I mean, help was not on the way. She, nope. Nobody was coming to look for her. No, I mean, I, I guess the brother was interested, 
but right. he wasn't, well, he, he had no idea where What's she was. Do? Yeah. And also, I mean, and, 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 and we're talking about her, but I mean, if the government had stepped in even a little sooner, her sister may have lived. She may have survived, died of right? starvation. And you can imagine that would have been just horrifying. And sure. it was also being abused. And can you imagine, I mean, uh, seeing that your entire family is, has been murdered yeah, almost. And then your only other family member dies of starvation. Oh, right next to you. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. And she, you know, uh, Ends up marrying a, a, a man that she met on her talk circuit, her oh. speaking circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she dies at 65 uh, in Texas. Uh-huh. And, uh, but, you know, there's been, uh, still been books and movies, and she's been kind of the subject. Uh, her, her character has been portrayed in uh, media since then, kind of in smaller, smaller ways. Yeah. Now, it's, it's not generally the kind of the feature but a little side thing like in uh you know hell on wheels apparently there's a character based on her uh-huh and so uh, it's it's an, a fascinating story and but these people are always like you know every, every, you know characters like this are always adapted to and 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 like you said there's they're changed i remember in the in the um i think the woman's name was mary ann parker i want to say i could be wrong i think it's parker's for sure the surname but in 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 empire of the summer moon and she was also you know family attacked kidnapped etc cetera, etc cetera, and and lived for many years in native american culture had a son and the son actually uh uh kind of started his own tribe, I mean, not tribe, but started his own sort of faction, et cetera. And very interesting story, but but I remember reading in that the similar thing that, do you remember the movie Last of the Mohicans? Oh, yeah. Um, she, you know, the the, the woman in, the, the white woman in that who plays opposite Daniel Day-Lewis, the Mohican, apparently right. not a Native American, but still, um, uh, she was based on Marianne Parker, and obviously they're an amalgamation of, all of these stories, right. you know, and of course it's not at all close to what really happened, but it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, there, I, I wanted to mention there is a couple of other things, you know, a legacy Oatman, Arizona oh. named after the Oatman family and the massacre and olive city, Arizona as well. Olive city. Yeah. Olive city. So they don't just have olives there, right? <laughs> Maybe they don't have any Apparently olives. Not. Do olives even, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but it is, uh, your mentioning of the, the movie like that is, it's interesting. We we kind of have a fascination with this, uh, which is interesting. Uh, remember the movie Dances with Wolves? Yeah, and he kind of goes and joins. You know, that's right. Um, and yeah. I remember thinking the, as a kid, what an awesome movie well, that was. And but he meets he meets the white woman. That's right. That's that was was happily there. And right. Stay, you know. Yeah. It's interesting though that yeah, that's all very fascinating because. Gosh, I don't really want to get too deep into it, but you think about um, that movie, and it was a very good movie. But I guess if you were to dissect it, and I, I haven't, I'd like to read some more about it and think about the fact that, like, the white woman is—I guess she was married before and her husband died in the film. I think. I guess that makes it a bit better because it's not like she was waiting around for another white guy to show up, <laughs> which would just been blatantly racist. Right. You know? I, I would like to watch it again. It would be interesting. I, I do think it's. Uh, I can only imagine if you are Native American and you're seeing these movies and these depictions and all these things, and we kind of have this romanticized notion of yeah. it. Yeah. And they're probably like crying out loud, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I do remember it actually. I do. I think I do remember it. I think I'm remembering this accurately. She is depressed 
when he sees her for the first time, she's very depressed. Her child had died oh. and the child had been the product of a relationship with uh, a, a, her husband who was a native American, I believe. And I really hope I'm not screwing this up because, and, but, but her interest in him becomes just sort of like she comes out of her depression and because, yeah, wouldn't it be just horrifying if she's just this white woman waiting? Right. I can't, none of you guys, I've been here for five, seven years. Right. None of you guys can cut it because you're not a white person like That's me. right. And here's this white guy. That's right. And he looks like Kevin Costner. Now, if, if the movie was made, you know, in the 50s, that probably would have been the case it for would, sure. Totally. And all of the Native Americans would have been played by white people. I was people. just going to mention the same exact thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Bing Crosby and like, and like. Maybe John Wayne would be in oh, it. And, yeah. Uh, he'd have shot he'd, some. He'd put the Native Americans in their place, though. You know? Yeah. He sure did, didn't he? Right. Yeah, exactly. What a, what a, what a, what a gem. Right. <laughs> Proud American. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So that's that's my story. Uh, what did you uh, bring you, today? You know, uh, I like that story because um, it, it, it's uh, because it, it just speaks so much to this woman's survival. And, and as I sort of said before, it speaks so much to this woman's ability to survive. Because the ability to survive—I mean, we can—I don't want to say we can all survive. Some, we can all survive something, but like in her case, she's a survivalist, right? Because she's not just surviving, she survives every new right. thing she encounters and she, and she finds a way. She felt, uh, she does mention that with that first tribe, that it was brutal and she thought for sure that they were going to kill them at some yeah. point. Yeah. And and she twice and had would've. to march in arid conditions with not enough water uh, and, you know, survive severe mm-hmm. dehydration. And then, of course, there was the drought. She mm-hmm. survives that as well with, with the help of... So help wasn't on the way, but she did get some some help uh, from the Native American, you know. Who, but ultimately, it was up to her. Yeah, absolutely, up to yeah. her because she continually was a, survived. Yep. And and the, and my story is actually is is it's funny you you chose this one because my story is entirely different um, and more about a single episode of survival, um, which which I uh, which is an entirely different way of sort of like help not being on the way. Um, in an instant instead of sort of throughout a lifetime. And in this case, um, so in 1971, there was this woman, uh, she's 17 years old, and her name is Julianne Kopeck. Kopecky? Might be Kopecky. Oh, yes. Kopecky. Kopke. K-O-E-P-C-K-E. Julianne Kopke. So in 1975, she uh, and her mom are flying from Peru, um, Lima, Peru, to a small village, smaller town near where a few miles outside of town, several miles. Uh, her family, her mom and her dad and she, her parents are biologists and they are studying elements of the rainforest. Um, and on this flight, so it's 1971, she's 17. She's been living there for a few years. She had to go to the local school to do a test and basically to graduate. So she, cause they, the local education minister was like not very cool with it. This like girl living in the jungle. She was, uh, the family was, I'm sorry, I should just mention this. The family was, I believe German. And, um, this girl's living in the jungle and she's not being educated properly. Right. So they want her to do this test and come in and make sure that she's getting educated properly. And she does. And on the flight home, which is Christmas Eve, 1971, a lightning storm. And 
we're talking about like the plane is a is a uh, it's it's called a Lockheed Lanza L188, and I've looked it up, and it's it's like the perfect version of a plane from 1971. It looks exactly like. It's kind of like the equivalent of if you look at the 50s and think of campers, you'll definitely think of this. And if you look in 1971, a plane, right. it just looks like a tin can in the air. And right. I mean, now would not climb into this thing. But back then it was commercial airliner. Sure. And the plane gets hit by lightning. So as the story goes, and it's not, it's a story because she told it, but it's, but it's, it's true. She and her mom board the plane and they're flying, and they're actually really close to uh, flying, kind of right over where they, almost right over where they lived. Um, and they're not that far from the airport, and this lightning strike strikes the plane. It's been turbulent. It's been really bad. And I've been in some bad turbulence, but you can imagine. I mean, those planes were like... Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's bouncing around like a little kite, you know? Well, well the whole idea of... You know you ha- still have the vomit bags in planes. Right. But, like, who... If you ever, I mean, I haven't. I think I've once in all my travels, I've seen someone use it. Um, back then, this is from those are a throwback from when planes were actually always shaking and bumpy and whatever sure. smaller planes and things. And um, now they're so smooth, uh, but they're still through the put the vomit bag in there. Well, the this plane's being thrown around, like thrown around, like you're gonna die. And the passengers are screaming, people are crying, and a light, a bolt of lightning hits the engine, and the mom sitting next to her, they're holding, they're they're sitting quietly, just terrified. And the mom, apparently, her she she later said that the mo- her mom um, said very ma- calmly and matter of factly at that moment, um, she said, "That's the end. It's all over." Wow, that's the last thing she heard her mom say while everything around her was happening, and. The plane broke up. And I know this story. You know this story. It's awesome. It's a great story. It is awesome. And I just recently read it. Yeah. Yeah. And added it to my potential list of stories. And almost did this one today, which is, we should probably mention, we don't necessarily tell each other what we're (laughs) going to bring to the table here. Right. We're not like comparing our outfits in the morning. Uh, (laughs) And so we... Could have both brought the same story, we totally today, could have which the same one. would still have been cool. It's a great story. But anyway, story. yeah, continue it, on. I, it, I love this story. This story is so good because, um, because what happens next is what you would expect, what you'd expect to see in a movie, right? You'd expect to see this incredibly dramatic, explosive, screaming shearing metal tearing apart and this is what happened and then silence because she's strapped to her seat and she's been ejected from the plane and she's flying through the air and she's two miles above the ten thousand feet above the ground and she's falling in pitch black right what how do you you never i mean you you don't get to know what happens after that because nobody ever lives right and you never get to hear the this is what happened moment and you get to imagine it and and you can do a pretty good job imagining it but like this is the moment where somebody gets to go no no this is actually what it was like so she's spinning she's strapped into her um into her seat she's spinning out of control head over heels 
total darkness. The wind, the only sound is wind whistling by. And you can just imagine that. I mean, it's just terrifying. And the last thing she remembers is, which should have been the last thing that she ever knew right. in life, is seeing the forest below illuminated enough for she could see the trees and it's approaching fast and then she goes unconscious. Yeah. So she wakes up. And I imagine that fall must have taken a while and it must have, I mean, 10,000 feet. I mean, you're, I mean, you're falling fast, but it's not like a couple seconds. No, you're right. You know? Yeah. Cause if you think about it, you jump out of, I mean, yes, you're weighted and all that, right. but still you got time to think. Yeah. To think. Oh, sh- oh yeah. this is not going to end well. Right. I'm going to die. Yeah. I mean, that must've been what she was thinking. Oh, you I'm dead. Think. You know, I wonder though, I wonder if you even have time to, I mean, yes, right. you're going to think that, but I wonder what the mental response would be. Would it be that, or would it just be processing at yeah. hyperspeed and almost not being able to collect your thoughts because of terror and right. fear? And I, I, I think that would be interesting to know. I mean, you know, I, I've never fallen out of an airplane. I've yeah. tumbled for a long time down a chute on with my skis on. And I did have that like life flash before my eyes. Of, yeah. Oh, this is really bad. I think, yeah, I think I might die. This here. is really bad. Right. I think that's a really good way to put this is bad. Like, yeah. and, 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 and it's, it's the waiting. I, I've, I've had the same thing happen. It's a split second. Yeah. And you feel like it's like the waiting for the outcome. Yeah. Like what's the, whether you're tumbling down a mountain skiing or you're flying over the handlebars of your bicycle, yeah. There's this split second of like, so how's this gonna go? Yeah. You know, this is, gonna, this is this is very bad. Yeah, what's this is this is probably this is bad. Right, this could be really bad. Right. Now, in our case, we're talking about things that could not be bad, but in hers, it's pretty much there was one there, the decided. Only, uh, there was like, really, I would think if you saw someone fall, you know, or knew someone fell ten thousand feet, the only outcome is you're dead. You're dead. So. Yeah, I'm. Mean, she had a really good outcome. And now circling back to old um, Brewster, like how come he's the prophet? Right. He hasn't done anything. No, nothing. She fell he said out of so. a, She could have walked away from that and just started saying, "I'm a prophet. I right. am touched by God." Yeah. Everyone I, needs to fall. I, can me. Fall, I need to get at least ninety people to go to New Mexico. I can fall <laughs> ten thousand feet out of a plane and survive. Yeah, look at me. Right. Yeah. What have you done? That's right. <laughs> what did you do? You did. Oh, that's really right. cute. Yeah, yeah. How nice. Yeah, you did that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you led people basically from Illinois to Missouri. Yeah. Uh, to you New read Mexico, a map, and then they all abandoned you. You read a map, right, is yeah. what you did. Yeah, yeah. kind of read a map. That's right. Probably not well enough because right. people were like sick of you and they left. Yeah. You, maybe you kind of read a map. Probably, he was probably a jerk. You had a map. <laughs> That's what That's you right. get. That's what you had. You had a map. You told people you were a prophet. Some people believed fell, you for a little while. I fell out of an airplane. Right. And I'm still I'm still here. Still and, and I haven't told anyone. Who I'm a you prophet. gonna who are you gonna follow? She she needed a little bit more um coaching on how to uh, you know, capitalize yeah. on this. Totally. Yeah, yeah. How yeah, how to win people over. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, now, and, and now she she does survive right and she has some pretty good pretty good injuries oh yeah oh yes but considering what just happened they're not as bad i mean obviously she survives she, does. she doesn't i mean like even if you hit the ground and you survived at that moment yeah i would think okay you didn't hit the ground outside of a hospital right 
Yeah. Exactly. And you're going to die anyway. You're, yeah. Right. It's, if this maybe, doesn't kill me, so something else It's either else will. instant death or you're just going to suffer for a while before absolutely. you die. That's what I would think is yes. the outcome. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for most people, that's luck, lucky right. you. And I'm sure you're, you're right. It's probably happened many times. Like, oh, they survived the this. Right. But the that, you know, like, they, they, yeah, the boat sank. It was a big disaster. The shark got him. Right. They yeah. lived two days later, a shark ate him. You know, it's yeah. like that. You just getting kicked while you're down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? So she does. She la- she wakes up. Like, I don't know if it's next morning or time passes and she wakes up. And and now, I mean, I guess I also need to point out that the, the shock. I mean, you have now, you've, you, you're going to come to and... I mean, you're now alive. You know what happened. You're 17 years old. And you not only, uh, just the presence of mind and the mental fortitude to be able to not only process this as much as you could, I'm sure she didn't process all the way through, but get up and go, I'm going to have to get up and go away and figure myself out here. That's right. Instead of just being like curling up in a ball and dying right there. And I mean her mom's dead yeah Every, you know presumably on the plane is dead you must know that you that you that you're probably the only one that yeah. survived this thing so she she wakes up she's badly hurt she's got a concussion uh broken collarbone and she's these really deep 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 cuts to her arms and legs um also she's lost her glasses but she's really short-sighted so she can't see very well and one shoe so she Next, then spends the next eleven days walking through the jungle trying to get out, which is just right. And uh, I mean, the jungle with not being able to see, yeah. one shoe, injuries. Oh, I mean, a concussion. You're probably not, you know, mentally, you're not uh, necessarily processing everything absolutely to its fullest. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not your peak performance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just you're and you're. And you're hopeless because you don't know even which direction to go. Yeah. It's not like you can go like, well, the plane was headed that way. There's that mountain. I know I'm going to, you know, you're all, you're, we're talking, you know, when we talk about the falls we've had or whatever, it's like, I know I'm on a ski mountain. If I get to the bottom, there's going to be a guy there or a woman there standing at a, right. Standing there. And I'm going to be able to say, and they're going to call somebody yeah. and, or someone's going to ski by me. And right. I'll be like, Hey, but yeah, you're just, and, you're, and, the, and at this time there was probably about, 700% more jungle than there is now. Right. I mean, there's a lot of jungle. Yeah. Probably a lot unexplored. Untouched, unexplored. Yeah. You're no absolutely roads, right. No roads, no highways, probably where she was. You you're know? right. A lot less cr- likelihood you're going to cross right. something, some path. Yeah, that's true. So she does. She, um, she, she, uh, she's got a torn ligament. She's having trouble walking. Um, but she, the one thing that she really had going for her in all of this is that she had been living in the jungle for a couple of years and her parents were knowledgeable about how to survive there. And they had passed a fair amount of stuff on to her. Um, she knew, uh, some of the really important things that she knew relatively simple were a find a river and follow it. That's what her parents taught her at some point. So just, just in general, like if you ever get lost. Um, another one was, um, the most dangerous thing out here is not the animals. It's the insects. Uh, yes. Which you wouldn't think you'd think like, be careful of X, Y, and Z, stay away from crocodiles. It's probably the mosquito. The mosquitoes, the bugs that are going to. D-E-N. 
They're going to bite you and they're going to do you in. Um, so she she finds a bag of sweets in the crowd somewhere. Oh, okay. Now thinking also that everything's scattered. Like there's no, because the plane actually broke up two miles above sure. the ground. So, you know, it's not like it just hit the ground and now it's like, oh, right. let me- oh here's, here's the whole, you know, the whole luggage or, you know, yeah. carts here. The and drink cart. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That would have been a totally different experience. Yeah. I still would have been horrible, but she, but she finds this small bag of sweets, which she eats over time. It's all she ate for the entire 11 days. Doesn't, <laughs> I don't really know what she did for water, but I'm sure she must've just drank from, she right. just got lucky because she didn't. Yeah. She could have ended up with some Giardia and then all of a sudden she's not able to you know, maintain any kind of hydration. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. Can you you end up that? with, you know, puking and diarrhea and next thing you know, you're dehydrated and unable to function. A, a lot of things had to go her way. Yeah, for sure. Like the plane crash is not, the, it is the biggest one. Let's just say. Yeah. But I mean, you're out there, you don't go out there without anybody, you know, unless you're like literally a native who's right. very familiar. You don't go out there with out tons of supplies yeah you don't go out there f- without being fully equipped to be out in this brutal environment um and so she finds this creek oh she's okay so she's so she's short short-sighted as i mentioned and she she's having a lot of trouble walking um so she steps slowly she can't walk fast because she has to test the ground wherever she walks because there's things she could step into there's all sorts of stuff there's snakes everywhere and so she walks she finds this creek which she wades into and she does that because she's wearing this thin short sleeve low cut like short kind of kid like young dress but um so that exposes her legs to insects so she figures well if i'm walking in the creek i'm less likely to get bitten i can't get bitten on my legs by of course there are crocodiles in the creek but then she's got this knowledge from her father that crocodiles won't come after her if she's not they're not provoked apparently i didn't know that Hmm. but that's what that's what dad told her um the humidity, the heat, it's raining several times a day. Um, all of that's horrifying. She's not eating. She has nothing to eat. She has nothing to drink. But the, but next, one of her really bad open wounds on her arm gets in, gets infected, oh. septic and 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 full of maggots. Oh geez. Walking along, you're just you're walking along and you're looking and there's like two, you know, three inch, uh, not three inch, maybe like one inch long maggots or two, you know, in your skin. Right. And there's like hundreds of them crawling around. You can't do anything about it. No. So she's dealing with that now. And then she's also hearing the planes above looking for the wreckage, but they can't, the forest is too dense. She can't flag them. They can't find it. They, I mean, then the wreckage is spread across. So she, finally she's walking, 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 and she finally stumbles across. She starts to notice these vultures in the trees above her. And, Soon she comes across one of this rows of passenger seats with three people strapped still into their seats, upside down, driven headfirst straight into the ground. And the the vultures have already started on them. And and she said later in life that 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 still to this day haunts her. I can only imagine. And luckily, the one saving grace being that not none of the three were her mother. Yeah, that. That would be really bad. Yeah, she didn't come across her actual mom. So um, as she keeps going, she eventually, uh, she eventually walking up the you know the creek into a river and doing what her father told her, what her parents taught her to do. She uh, on the tenth day she finds a boat, 
And from the boat, she finds a path and walks up the path and finds a little, like a little hut. And in the hut or on the, next to the hut, she finds a canister with gasoline. So she takes the gasoline and remembering something that her father had taught, said she, her father had done with a dog that had a wound that was infected with maggots. She pours, she takes the gasoline, she, she sucks the gasoline out of the canister oh. and pour and spits it onto her open wound, which is excruciatingly I, painful. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, that sounds, you put, you know, you rub a little alcohol on yeah. some little lemon scrape juice. and you, you want to cry. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you get lemon juice. You rub your eyes after cutting yeah. ginger. Yeah. And she's pouring gasoline into a deep infected open wound. Ugh. But it immediately kills the maggots. And then she pretty much crawls into the hut and passes out. And the next morning, she sleeps, obviously, quite a while. Um, she, uh, These Peruvian lumberjacks who are using the hut and working, um, they show up and they find her. And they bring her to the nearest town and she gets hospitalized and she she comes back and she meets her father. Her father finds her. Imagine his terror searching you know, wondering, and he's assuming that yeah, they're all dead. They're dead. Yeah, yeah. you've are, you may even you probably come to terms or begun because it's only ten days. Yeah. But like ten days, he's been. But thinking, you've well, accepted probably that they're dead. They're dead. Yeah, this is there's no and it, yeah, absolutely, and um and he they they're they're reunited. Obviously, you can't imagine how great that must have been for him. But they. They, but they still don't know their mom is dead. But as it turns out, a little time passes. They do find the wreckage, and the mother has has died. Um, uh, but she did survive, and we they don't know. There's a lot of speculation as to how. I mean, ev- everything from the weather system had an, created an updraft. Right. Um, she landed in deep, heavy foliage. She strapped into the the, the, the maybe the. Um, Maybe the seat helped cushion. Who knows? Right. There's, there's been several, you know, stories over the years I've read about of people, you know, parachutes didn't open and they landed in a 12 inch deep puddle of water and survived or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and so yeah. I don't, you know, like the odds of even, I think if you jump out, of, if you fall out of an airplane and you hit a tree, you're probably still going to die. If you fall out of an airplane and you land in a water fountain, you're probably still going to die. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that you survive, even if there's some little thing, I mean, that's like the odds of that happening are so minute. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. And, and it, exactly. And it really just does come down to the fact that, um, I mean, I guess everything, everything eventually will have to happen. You sure. Know? I mean, if enough people fall, you know, enough planes crash, someone's going to live through one. Right. You know, it's going to have to happen. Yeah. And, and, the, and it's going to be... You know, you'll never know the true story, but you know, yes, that that whole thing of like, well, if the, you know, if the shard of glass had been one inch more to the left, he'd have been done for, or whatever. It's like, yeah, the bullet missed every main artery in your body somehow. How mad! It took a left at the heart and took a right around the lungs, and exactly, he's okay. He walked away. Yeah, he's at work two weeks later. Exactly. Um, the um, she actually she actually had a um. She went to, she got a doctorate um, and went back to uh, uh, Germany and got a doctorate and eventually went back to Peru to study bats, which I think is fascinating that she had this, she sort of had, I'm sure it was very difficult, but had the fortitude, the mental fortitude to go back to that country. And um, later she, 
1998, she revisited the crash site. Um, and there's a photo. There's two photos of her. I've seen a few photos. Um, one of them is, I think, when they found... I'm not sure if it's when they found her. But she's wearing this short little dress. It looks... I think it's the one that she was wearing out there and it doesn't it has there's no protection it's a hot right environment she's getting on a plane with flip-flops or whatever yeah. on thinking she's going she's gonna land on the other yeah. side of the thing and the other one is fast is really cool because she's standing in the jungle amid the wreckage in 1998 as an adult and it's i mean you 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 can't see much of the plane but what you can see is like basically if she had if she hadn't been ejected from the plane right she wouldn't have lived sure she the, the the metal yeah. would have just sheared her in half. In fact, the strangest thing is that the ejection probably and, and that in car accidents is often what kills you. You get thrown out the window, right, exactly. Hit a tree, etc. But in actual fact, the uh, the ejection is actually what saved, saved her, her probably more than anything. I, you know, I am now uh, I'm I'm thinking about plane trips I've taken. Yeah, and I generally go. In the clothes that are appropriate for for the place I'm leaving, right. and I have I have gone you know from a warm place to a cold place, and you get off in the the walkway, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, where's yeah. my jacket? Yeah, I think I'm gonna be more prepared on my next flight for the uh, you know the, the rare. The for, rare, uh, you know, occurrence that maybe the plane will break apart and I'll be ejected. Over. Right. right. Yeah. If you're flying from you know. Palm Springs in, I don't know, in in January. Palm Springs, and you just happen to be taking the long way around the Earth, and you're going over Ohio in January, right. and you're gonna, but you're gonna land in the Bahamas when right. you decide to go the other. Um, dress for Ohio, and, and you should probably bring a PFD. Oh although, yeah, although, although maybe your your seat is a PFD, right? It is. Yeah. If and if you're strapped, but maybe to you it, should be wearing your PFD as long as it's still with you when you right. hit the ground. Not always the when, case. When I, the next time I get on a plane, people are going to look at me like I'm a freak. Why do you have a down jacket and a PFD yeah. on? Personal flotation device. I, My down jacket is a. I just. I actually pull. Oh, see? Or Smart. like an avalanche. That's one of the, right. One avalanche of those... backpack. Why do you have an avalanche backpack? We're going. We're flying over the Andes. That's right. Yeah, but we're landing in Barcelona. Yeah, but. You gotta I'm, be prepared. I don't fly. I don't dress for the flight based on where I'm coming from or where I'm going. I dress based on where I'm flying over. I I, I dress for where I might crash. Where I might crash. <laughs> yeah, where would we, might we crash on this? What am I going to wear? That's right. What your, what's your crash wear for the plane? Exactly. It's sunny, so I put on 100, you know, 100 uh, SPF sunscreen before we left, too. <laughs> Because we're flying over the Amazon. Right. What if I end up in the desert and I have know. to walk for three over days? over the Sierra. I don't want to get That's skin right. cancer. That's right. Yeah. Why do you have seven gallons of water in your backpack? Right. Ah, I'm flying over the desert. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And what? What? And like some camel food. Yeah. Camel food. Right. I mean, it's, I run across a camel. It's amazing because uh, you wouldn't expect her to have been prepared. No. You know. I mean, not. she was. I, I see people all the time. You're in the airport and it's like, you know, here's here's some guy who looks like he's a frat frat boy. He's got a tank top and yeah. board shorts and the flimsiest of flip flops yeah. you could ever imagine. Yeah. And maybe, you know, some really uh, you know, curved brim baseball hat. And that's a that's the extent of what he's got, a smartphone, you know. Yeah. And some headphones maybe. All that's, that's gonna help it. him a lot when right. he's yeah, when he's floating in the Atlantic. <laughs> exactly. What 
but that is that's even and and i actually i I've, i used to travel honestly I, I did actually for a long time travel with some sense of like if something goes wrong i'd like to be wearing pants for instance you right know? um and i get i have gotten away from that a little bit and i think i should have to revisit it because even if it just goes off the runway and everyone's fine sure you know but there's a bit of a you go off the end of the runway and there's a bit of a disaster and there's some head wounds and there's mm-hmm. some right you're walking through glass you're walking over all sorts of things in your shorts and your flip-flops broken plastic metal twists yeah, yeah in your shorts and flip-flops you know and there's there's another you one can't help anybody and, and there's another one that's even uh even uh a more uh you know uh more uh you know something that's more likely to occur is that the airlines will lose your luggage Right. And I've had that happen before right. where they've lost my luggage and all I have is what I'm wearing and it's not appropriate right. for. So we flew from Denver yeah. to Michigan yeah. in the wintertime. Yeah. And it was pretty nice when I left Denver and he got to Michigan and it was not nice. It's raining. Yeah. They lost my luggage. I have no rain jacket. I have no hat. Yeah. I have no gloves because yeah. everything was in everything the luggage. Was in the luggage. Yeah. 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 You've flown with, you've, you very intelligently packed, assume, you know, everything smartly and then trusted that they were going to, and I mean, you know, they were going to not, you know, get that, that, that your bag was not going to show up in like Thailand the next morning while exactly. you showed up in Michigan. Right. And yet that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm shopping at, you know, the, the local Meyer at, you know, midnight buying yeah, anything. Yeah. Anything. What do you have in my size? Right. Or in a size that at least puts on that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I've done that too. So yeah. next time I'll be more prepared. There you go. Especially after hearing this story. That's right. Prepare I mean, that's, for... that's, that's amazing it is. that, uh, I mean, she was 17. 17. Most 17-year-olds are not prepared for anything uh, absolutely. at all. Yeah. They're not prepared for... Yeah, and we talk about modern day, like, oh, they're looking at their smartphone right. and all that stuff. But you know what? In 1971, they were just, what, they were listening to Kiss. Yeah. And they were... They, they and it without you know they didn't know anything no right i wouldn't have no. I, I mean i don't think i would have i don't know what i certainly it, wouldn't have been able to understand the range it sounds part. like she had a, a slightly better uh level of preparedness because of what you know who her parents were and what they taught her and what maybe what she was going to do right but even still most 17 year olds really they are overly confident mm-hmm. and right totally unprepared for anything that comes their way it definitely speaks to a mind that can it it speaks to a type of mind in my opinion that can compartmentalize that can focus and stay focused on the task because the task is to survive right and and doesn't melt in the face of this level of it i mean because because we're talking about a level of adversity that you know we don't most people don't ever experienced and, in their lives. And I suppose that's, you know, that's probably common, you know, if you were to ask anybody who's survived anything. Uh, and, I, you know, we experienced this when uh, Shelby had cancer and people would say, I don't know how you did it. I couldn't have done it. And I said, well, you know, we didn't have a choice. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I had to get a, up yeah. in the morning. I and couldn't have done it like, yeah, and yeah. Shelby had to go to the hospital and then I had to do work because right. I had to make money to pay the bills. Like, that's how I did it. And I'm sure if you were to say, how the heck did you do it? She was like, well, if I stopped, I died. Well, I so think that's I just that, kept going. That's exactly it. The thing is, it's like you, you can't do it. 
until you're doing it. Right. Right. You you can't go like, well, you know, it's like, hey, it's Saturday. I think I'm going to drop myself out of an airplane. I mean, unless you're, you know, Air one of these survival. Yeah. Um, I'd say, you know, I'm just going to, it's, it, of course you can't do it. Right. Until you're doing it. Sure. And then, and really, and really that's sort of a false, that's sort of a, that's sort of a really bizarre statement now that I think about it to say I can't do it because you can't know whether or not you can do it until right. you're doing it. So right. you could say, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I would be able to do that. And I don't think I could. You either survive or you don't. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. We'll know if you can't do it, if it happens. And you die. And you die. Right. <laughs> then you couldn't, you would be like, you know what? Couldn't do it. She was right. She was right. <laughs> couldn't do it. <laughs> you know what? Gladys, she wasn't always right. But she was right this yeah, time. I wish she were alive for, for me to tell her she was right. Yeah, yeah. And I'd tell her that if she hadn't been eaten by a crocodile. Right, exactly. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, okay. Um, I think we're running out of battery here. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll be back and uh, we'll see what the next stories are. Yeah. I've, I've got I've got some in mind already. So oh, good. I'm, I'm excited. I hope uh, it's not on the way. So uh, I'm going to have to dig into some stuff for myself here and we'll find some stuff. I could share my list with you. <laughs> in, uh, yeah, then right. I, yeah, yeah, we won't show up in the same outfit. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk again soon. <laughs>